Hello Church Unlimited, it's such an honour to be preaching the Word to you on this Sunday. I just want to thank Pastors Tark and Adrienne and the whole team for uh, just um, all of that you've invested into uh, the New Zealand and Beyond Conference and uh, now we're together on Sunday with a bit of conference hangover but uh, I believe that God wants to speak into your life and into your um, ministry and what He's called you to. So why don't we pray and we'll get into the Word. Father, we just thank You so much for Your goodness and Your grace. We thank You, Lord, that Your Spirit is here right now to heal the sick, raise the dead, open blind eyes, open deaf ears, and to transform our thinking in alignment with Your Word. I pray right now on this Sunday that, Holy Spirit, You would move powerfully through this Word, that there would be a manifestation of the power of the Kingdom, and that, God, Jesus would be glorified through this message and through everything that takes place as a result of this Word. In Jesus' Name, Amen. I want to read to you Matthew chapter 12. And I encourage you to go there with me. Matthew 12, verse 22. I'm going to read through to verse 32. And it says this, Then a demon-oppressed man who was blind and mute was brought to Jesus, and he healed him, so that the man spoke and saw. And all the people were amazed and said, Can this be the son of David? But when the Pharisees heard it, they said, It is only by Beelzebul, the prince of demons, that this man casts out demons. Knowing their thoughts, he said to them, Every kingdom divided against itself is laid waste, and no city or house divided against itself will stand. And if Satan casts out Satan, he is divided against himself. How then will his kingdom stand? And if I cast out demons by Beelzebul, by whom do your sons cast them out? Therefore, they will be your judges." But if it is by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come upon you. Or how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his house. Whoever is not with me is against me. Whoever does not gather with me scatters. Therefore I tell you, every sin and blasphemy will be forgiven people but the blasphemy against the Spirit will not be forgiven. And whoever speaks a word against the Son of Man will be forgiven, but whoever speaks against the Holy Spirit will not be forgiven, either in this age or in the age to come. Today, I want to speak to you on the subject of the power of the Kingdom of God. <clears throat> the Kingdom of God does not consist in talk. It consists in power. Many years ago, um, when I was working out at a particular fitness centre, I uh, built a relationship with one of the personal trainers there and they knew that I was a Christian, that I was a leader in a local church and he had injured his arm training and he came up to me uh, one morning and he said, do you think you could do something for my arm? And I sort of looked at him strangely like, you know, what are you asking me? I'm not a physio or a doctor. <clears throat> and he goes, you know, like, do your stuff. Can you do something for my arm? And I'm like, oh, okay, I know what you're asking. And so he leaned in and the gym was busy with people. And uh, I said, hey, I'm just going to put my hand on your shoulder and I'm just going to pray for you. And so I prayed a very simple prayer and just declared in Jesus' name that his arm would be completely restored and healed into full kingdom working order and as I began to pray, he said, my arm is heating up. It's, it's feeling hot. 
And I said, move it around. And within a few minutes of moving it around, he goes over and he tests his arm with a weight and it was completely restored back into functional working order. And I find it fascinating that even though this man wasn't a follower of Christ, he believed that there was something supernatural that could help him in his time of need. And for all of Western's, Western culture's emphasis on reason and logic, we are enamoured with the supernatural. I remember being at a dinner party with uh, some friends who were unbelievers, but when they found out that I was a pastor and leader of a church, they didn't ask about the church. They went straight to the supernatural questions. And before I knew it, I was answering the question, have you had any encounters with demons? And so it was like all of a sudden, we're thrown right into the deep end of a conversation around supernatural themes. Why is that? Because there is this desire within every single one of us to escape the ordinary. There is something about good versus evil on a cosmic scale that thrills our hearts. But there's also another reason why we ask these sorts of questions. It's because we're hardwired for the divine and the supernatural. Ecclesiastes 3.11 says, God has put eternity into our hearts. Someone once said, we aren't just human beings having a spirit experience. We are spirit beings having a human experience. We've been made in God's image. We've been called into God's heavenly family. The original mandate on Adam and Eve and everyone called and created in God's family was to extend Eden across the planet. That mandate hasn't changed. It's now called the Kingdom of God. In Romans chapter 1, the Bible says that creation bears witness to a Creator. And if that is true, which it is, therefore to a supernatural realm beyond our own. And unfortunately, as believers, we don't tend to approach the unseen realm of the Bible with the same appetite as science fiction. And one of the reasons for that is modern Christianity has often presented to the world an inferior view of the Kingdom of God as powerless. In 2 Timothy 3.5, the Apostle Paul prophesied that in the last days, people will have a form of godliness, but deny its power. And I think the modern church is at risk of fulfilling Paul's prophecy. We tend to celebrate the form over the substance. We've become satisfied with verbal explanations rather than visible demonstrations of the Kingdom of God in our daily lives. And yet, as I prayed before, 1 Corinthians 4.20 says, the Kingdom of God doesn't consist in talk, it consists of power. I remember having a conversation with the pastor of the church one time when I was itinerant, traveling around, and he was talking about the lack of visible demonstrations of power in his church. And he said, I would love to see more of the Holy Spirit move in power in our church, but it's just not our culture. And I thought to myself, we'll change the culture. What gospel are you preaching? Because when, when we're called to preach the gospel, Jesus said in Mark 16 that the Word and the gospel will be confirmed and accompanied by signs and wonders. And often as believers, we're allowing the culture around us 
and our lack of experience of the supernatural to dictate what God wants to do rather than getting an alignment in faith with God's kingdom and what God's kingdom wants to do across the earth. Paul said this in 1 Thessalonians 1.5, Our gospel came to you not only in word, but also in power and in the Holy Spirit. If there is a lack of power in our lives, the lack is never on God's end. It's always on our end. There's more than enough supply from heaven. The issue is a lack of demand on earth. We see this play out when the father brought his tormented boy to the disciples to receive ministry and freedom. And the disciples could not cast the demon out of the boy, nor minister freedom to the boy. Jesus came along, ministered to the issue. And in the green room after the conference, the disciples asked Jesus, how come we couldn't cast demon out of the boy? How come we couldn't minister freedom to the tormented boy? And And he said, this kind can only come out by prayer. Another translation says prayer and fasting. In other words, the disciples assumed the lack was on their end. They did not blame Jesus for their lack. The lack is never on God's end. It's always on ours. And so if there is a lack, then there are things that we can do that actually posture ourselves to receive more power of the kingdom to make a difference in people's lives. The solution to powerless Christianity is firstly to see the kingdom of God from a biblical paradigm. The Bible becomes a lens through which we view kingdom expression in our daily lives. And one of the things that we read over and over again is that you cannot separate the kingdom of God from supernatural power and be authentic followers of Jesus. In this passage of Scripture, the Bible tells us in verse 22, 23, a demon oppressed man who was blind and mute was brought to Jesus. So that tells me that the the issue and the source of his infirmity, his blindness and his muteness was not just due to natural causes or reasons. It was from a supernatural origin. Some sicknesses are just what they are because of the fall of creation and because of sin and because of brokenness in the human condition. But some sicknesses and infirmities are caused by the influence and oppression of spiritual warfare and demonic influence. And so this man who is blind and mute was brought to Jesus and Jesus healed him so that the man spoke and saw. And all the people were amazed and they said, can this be the son of David? Now, as you read the Gospels, you read that wherever Jesus went, He confronted sin, sickness and demons and death with the power of the Kingdom of God. In fact, in 1 John 3, 8, it tells us the reason the Son of God appeared was to destroy the works of the devil. And so all of Israel leading up to Jesus' life and ministry was anticipating the arrival of the son of David. The prophets foretold, prophets like Isaiah in Isaiah 9, 6 and 7 of the coming Messiah. And so Jesus in the Gospels was the fulfilment of the prophesied seed of David sitting on the throne and over the kingdom. 
There was an expectation that when the son of David showed up, that he would be accompanied by demonstrations of the spirit and of power. You try and tell an Orthodox Jew that supernatural doesn't exist and they'll laugh in your face because they have a supernatural worldview that's been informed by the angel of the Lord saving them from Egypt, parting the Red Sea, sustaining them over 40 years in the wilderness. Their whole history, their whole heritage and story is steeped in a supernatural worldview. And so when Jesus came preaching, repent for the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he complements that message with demonstrations of the power of the kingdom accompanied with the word. When John the Baptist asked Jesus, are you the one to come or shall we look for another? When he was confined to a prison and it wasn't working out like he thought it would work out if he followed Jesus. Jesus responds by not you know, pointing out uh, all of the sort of uh, intellectual explanations and reasons why he was the son of God. He points to the fruit of supernatural activity. He says the blind see, the deaf hear and the dead are raised up. I wanna share with you a hot off the press, true amazing story that has happened to me and my family just in the last week. You'll be, you're hearing this message on Sunday. Just last Monday, I received a phone call about 10 a.m. that uh, from a neighbour of my father that he'd been rushed to emergency at Box Hill Hospital with severe symptoms of a stroke. And so paramedics came and uh, picked my father up, my um, niece, who is my uh, the granddaughter of my father that my father is looking after actually called the paramedics and she's 11 years old and uh, my dad was not in a good space. He was rushed to the hospital and by the time I got to the hospital, when I walked into the emergency room, this just happened just this week, my father is completely unresponsive. He's completely, his face is um, slouched and contorted on one side. The whole left side of his body was completely immobilised and paralysed. He could not move it. The doctors were around him and the nurse, stroke nurses were doing all the tests on him and he was completely unresponsive. If there was anything coming out of his mouth, it was uh, only slight mumbling and there was, there was nothing that would indicate that he was in a healthy place. And this is the second stroke that he has had in 20 years. And so I knew that we're dealing with something serious. The doctors forewarned me and said, everything we've done over the last few hours, he's been unresponsive for three hours, everything we've done would lead us to believe that he has suffered from an acute stroke. And we're taking him into a CT scan and an MRI to check exactly what's happened. Before they took him, I laid hands on his head and I declared in the name of Jesus that healing would invade his body and I commanded his body to come back into complete kingdom working order in Jesus' name. After I prayed, I removed my hands. Nothing happened. He didn't dramatically respond or sit up. However, 30 minutes later, when they brought him back from the CT scan, this happened just this week, he was sitting up in his hospital bed. 
His face had gone back to normal. He was speaking fluently with clear articulation, saying to me, hello, son. And he was moving the left part of his body around. His arm was moving. His leg was moving. And when they wheeled him back into the emergency room, the stroke doctors and stroke nurses were all running around trying to work out what on earth had happened. And after the CT scan and MRI, which showed that there had been two clots in the back of his brain that had caused an acute stroke, they walked in and said, we're putting your dad into the too hard to explain basket because a man who has had an acute stroke that your dad has had should not be talking, should not be swallowing, should not be uh, responding the way he is right now. We don't understand. And my dad with clear articulation said, put it into the God basket. And right there in that moment, we were reminded again that there is power in the name of Jesus. There is power in the Kingdom of God. And literally uh, 72 hours later, he gets up and walks out of that hospital, vision restored. The speech pathologist can't fault his his speech. The, the, The doctors have said full strength has returned to every limb in his body. And he is being completely completely restored by the power of the Holy Spirit and a manifestation of the Kingdom of God. Let me tell you, when the Kingdom of God advances, supernatural power goes hand in hand. Miracles are normal in the Kingdom of God. I don't know what you're contending for today. I don't know what you're believing for today, but there is power in that name. Oh, I want you to believe with me today that just as God has moved here in Melbourne, Australia, in a hospital room, God can move in your situation He can move in your family. He can move in your workplace by the power of the name and authority of Jesus. You see, one of the greatest obstacles to advancing God's kingdom across the earth in power is we try and follow Jesus without the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus said in verse 28, if it's by the Spirit of God, if it's by the Spirit of God that I cast out demons, then the kingdom of God has come Upon you. How did Jesus heal the sick, raise the dead, cast out demons? He did it by the power of the Holy Spirit. Jesus was fully and properly God, yes, but He was also fully and properly man. He needed the anointing of the Spirit of God upon His life. Acts 2.22 says, Jesus of Nazareth, a man attested to you by God with mighty works and wonders and signs that God did through him in your midst. You see, you need to understand Jesus' job description in Isaiah 61. The Bible says, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because He has anointed me to preach good news to the poor, proclaim liberty to the captives and recovery of sight to the blind and to open the prison to those who are bound. The same power that anointed Jesus for ministry is available for you today. Acts 1.8 says the same Spirit that raised Jesus from the dead uh, lives in you. Or should I say, but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you and you'll be my witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria and to the ends of the earth. And because Jesus has defeated our adversary and because Jesus has sent the Holy Spirit on the day of Pentecost, every follower of Jesus that's listening to this message right now has access to the power and authority of the Kingdom of God. 
Jesus speaks to this when he says, how can someone enter a strong man's house and plunder his goods unless he first binds the strong man? Then indeed he may plunder his house. Jesus is saying, because I have bound the strong man, I have authority over his house. How? After Jesus' baptism, he was led up by the Spirit into the wilderness to confront Satan, the ruler of this world. In the Old Testament, wilderness regions were known as a place of evil entities. It's also one of the reasons why the high priest on the Day of Atonement would send the scapegoat out into the wilderness to wander after he had transferred the sins of the people onto the goat known as the scapegoat. That goat would be sent out to wander and die in the wilderness because the wilderness was known as a place of evil entities. It's no surprise then that Satan comes to tempt Jesus in the wilderness, knowing that Jesus was on a mission to restore the kingdom of God to its rightful place. Satan's third strategy for getting Jesus to violate his relationship with his father was in fact to offer the Son of God the nations of the world and all of the glory of the empires of planet earth. All Jesus had to do was worship Satan instead of God. The very thing that Lucifer wanted way back in the beginning in the heavenlies. But Satan overplayed his hand because Satan didn't realise that Jesus wasn't just about restoring the kingdom of God, but Jesus was about rebuilding God's family on earth called the church. And that required Jesus' death so that the sins of the people could be atoned for. Immediately after Jesus conquers Satan in the desert, He calls 12 disciples representing the 12 tribes of Israel. Then a little bit later on, he sends 72 other people out to go across the land and go across the regions, preaching the gospel of the kingdom and moving in the power of the kingdom. Now, have you ever asked, why is it that Jesus sent 72 people out? Is that just, you know, by chance or coincidence? Is it something that has a connection to the Old Testament? And the answer is yes. You see, after the language of everyone at the Tower of Babel was confused, 72 people groups and nations were dispersed across the earth from the Tower of Babel. And so when Jesus sends 72 out, as he begins to restore his kingdom, getting ready to die upon the cross and rebuild a family. He is sending a message to all of the earth and to all of the, the, the cosmos and the heavenlies that, that the nation shall be restored back to the kingdom of God. 72 return testifying demons are subject to us. And Jesus said, I saw Satan fall like lightning from heaven. You see, whenever the kingdom of God comes in power, whenever miracles begin to break out in our services and in our workplaces, in our daily lives, it's a sign that the great reversal of Satan's reign has come to an end. In 1 Peter 3.22, it says, Jesus is at the right hand of God. with angels, authorities and powers subject to Him. You and I as believers have been seated with Christ 
in heavenly places. And we are called to advance God's kingdom across the earth. And whomever Jesus calls, He gives them power of the kingdom of God, not just to follow Him, but to advance His kingdom across the earth. In Luke 9, 1, the Bible says, He called the 12 disciples together and He gave them power and authority over all demons and to cure diseases. And He sent them out to proclaim the kingdom of God and to heal. You see, just like the 12 disciples, if you're a follower of Jesus, you've been called not to be an observer of the power of the kingdom, but to be an activator of the power of the kingdom in your daily life. Every believer has been delivered from the domain of darkness and transferred to the kingdom of God. Everywhere we go, we carry the kingdom of God with us to bring heaven to earth. Whether you're in emergency, in a hospital, whether you're walking down the street in your neighbourhood, whether you are involved with chatting with someone at a cafe, wherever you are, you're a carrier of the Kingdom of God and the power of the Holy Spirit is resident in your life. Jesus came not only to show us what Eden was like back in the beginning, but what the Kingdom of God is to look like right now. And that's why He invites us to pray and partner with Him. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom of God is wherever the rule and reign of God has full effect, full control and fully activated in the earth. And you and I are citizens, sons and daughters, part of the family of the kingdom of God being given the power of the Holy Spirit and our assignment is to imitate Jesus, to bring heaven to earth through visible demonstrations. And we can do this in faith, knowing not even the gates of hell can withstand Jesus building His church. I wanna pray for you right now, wherever you're at. Maybe you've been feeling powerless in your relationship with God. Maybe you confronted some things in your family right now, some things going on in relationships and even in your physical body where you just feel this sense of powerlessness. I'm gonna pray for a manifestation of the Kingdom of Heaven to invade your body, to invade your world and that you in faith would begin to take that with you wherever you go. Why don't you stand with me and we're gonna pray together. I'm gonna invite you to close your eyes, lift your hands. Maybe you might wanna pray in tongues along with me and we're gonna begin to believe for a manifestation of God's Kingdom right now in your situation. Father, I wanna thank You today that we don't have to be timid because You've not given us a spirit of timidity, but a power, love and a sound mind. I declare no weapon formed against us shall prosper. And I pray right now for every person hearing this message, watching this message, that the power of Your Holy Spirit would fill them up to overflowing with signs and wonders accompanying the the demonstration of the Gospel and the preaching of the Gospel through their lives. I pray that You'd fill them with boldness. I pray, O God, for every sick body to be healed and transformed by the power of the Spirit. And God, we declare Your Kingdom come, Your will be done right now in this service, through this church and through the City of Auckland, right across the nation of New Zealand. Father, that we would see a great awakening of the Kingdom of God established in the natural realm as it is in the heavenly realm. We believe for it, we ask for it and we declare it today. In Jesus' precious Name we pray. And everybody said, Amen. 
Well, God bless you. I'm just standing with you in faith, believing that you are going to see the fruit and the overflow of conference and of church today in your uh, week ahead. God bless you. I look forward to seeing you next time.